The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We get up until uh, 2 o'clock. We'll talk with Myron Medcap coming up an hour from now. Right now, talking with Adam Teicher from ESPN, presented by Twin Peaks. Step up your lunch game at Twin Peaks. Enjoy light yet hearty combos put together for you, available at an awesome price, featuring savory soups, crisp salads, and a variety of sandwiches to satisfy your every craving. Enjoy your next lunch break with Twin Peaks. Adam, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Good, Jason. How are you doing today? I am doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. Been a uh, a fun couple of days uh, as the Chiefs head back to yet another Super Bowl. Uh, and Adam, uh, you have uh, yet uh, some more travel plans uh, heading your way um, with the Chiefs. So, yeah, yeah, they do. I do. And you know, I, I, I'm hoping. Speaking of travel, that this narrative that the Chiefs only had success in recent years in the playoffs because they played exclusively at Arrowhead (laughs) or they're not as good a team on the road. I mean, I'm hoping that narrative is gone because as you, we've been talking about all season long and going back some years, I feel strongly about this. The chiefs are a better team or as good a team on the road as they are at home. And I'm finally, they I'm, I'm glad they got a chance to prove that, you know, I really am. Um, until that got buried, it would never get buried. You know, people would be talking about that. So uh, just remarkable how in Buffalo and in Baltimore, back-to-back weeks, they they were so efficient on the road. They just uh, operated as well or better than they would have at Arrowhead. And I, I felt like this going into both of those games, feel like it now. The Chiefs would have won or lost those games no matter where they played them. If, if, if Buffalo had beaten them, in Buffalo, the Bills would have won at Arrowhead. If Baltimore had beaten the Chiefs in, in Baltimore, they would have won at Arrowhead. So I, I don't think going on the road is much of an obstacle for the Chiefs. And uh, I, I feel I'm happy for them. They finally proved it. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and look, for, for a time, it was like, all right, what is it going to look like when they go on the road? They've, they've been able to play at Arrowhead. But, but you've talked about it for a while. You've talked about it for the, you know, the years we've talked to you. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's absolutely right. And it's a great point that before they went to Miami, one of the things, or before they went to Buffalo, and one of the reasons uh, I think you, uh, if I look back, but I'm pretty sure you picked Buffalo or uh, uh, the Chiefs to beat Buffalo, um, and it was uh, you were like, I, I just I want to. They're better on the road for some reason. They just simply play better football on the road, um, and I, I think we've seen this before, Adam. That you know, Patrick Mahomes will take whatever slight, whatever challenge that may be there, and, and internalize yep. it and turn that into fuel, and. You know, the conversation coming out of Arrowhead after that uh, Buffalo Bills game was, yeah, he was just a different dude this week, getting ready to head to Buffalo. Yeah, like, he, yeah. like he was he was ready for it and, you know, uh, driven by the challenge of, you know, you never, you never played on the road. Hey, you know, you don't have Tyreek Hill. Uh, hey, you know, you haven't played on the road. Hey, I mean, all these, these different things that we talk about uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, and it's just a, yet another challenge, another uh, drop in the bucket of, you know, more fuel, and going yeah. out and proving that that he's a different dude. Yeah, and and you know maybe not so well hidden in the 
comment that, well, the Chiefs have never won on the road in the playoffs. The, the suggestion with that is that the success you've had, and I'm talking about the Chiefs now, the mm-hmm. success they've had over the last few years in the AFC playoffs is because they've never had to leave Arrowhead. So this was a way to bury that narrative once and for all. And uh, I think they did it kind of emphatically. I mean, they, you know, two fairly close games, uh, particularly the one in Buffalo. But still, um, uh, the Chiefs, I, I think, once and for all, don't have to listen to that anymore. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, they're, they will have the toughest test if they win the Super Bowl in the DVOA era, it will be the toughest road any team has ever gone through to win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are the number five team overall in DVOA. So if you eliminate the Chiefs from that, the top five teams that are there, number one is Baltimore, number two is San Francisco, number three is Buffalo, number five is Miami. And along, and number four is Dallas, who they couldn't play. So they would have played the top three teams in the AFC and DVOA and the number one team in the, in the NFC – in DVOA, two of those teams on the road, one in a neutral site to win a Super Bowl. It will be, and I think by a decent margin, the toughest road any team has taken. And uh, I'll tell you this, Adam, um, color me shocked if this is the Chiefs version of that team that does that, considering what we were talking about on Christmas Day. Yeah, oh yeah. That in light of where we were a month ago, mm-hmm. you know what, what we were talking about and what this thing looked like. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. And, um, you know, hey, you know, going back to your, your talking about the toughest road, I mean, that's sort of like an, a, a college basketball team playing all number one seeds and winning the national championship, you know? I mean, it's, it's what they're doing here is, is, is pretty solid. I mean, it's not like they're beating, you know, uh, uh, teams that are subpar or, or, you know, just barely made the playoffs or anything like that. I mean, they're, they're uh, beating some pretty good teams mm-hmm. and have a lot to uh, to look forward to in that regard. Yeah, I uh, I compared it to uh, 97 Arizona that uh, is the only mm-hmm. team to beat three number one seeds to win the national championship. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's the only one that can come to my mind w- with that, and, and that's really what it is. And if I look at uh, FPI at ESPN, San Francisco's number one, Baltimore's number two, Buffalo's number three, and then uh, Miami's number five. It's just flipping San Francisco and Baltimore from DVOA and FPI. The rest are still the same. And the Chiefs took care of Miami and went to Buffalo and went to Baltimore. Now they get ready for San Francisco. Um, In the game specifically against Baltimore, um, I compare it a little bit to the game against Buffalo. You and I talked after the game, um, what, last Tuesday, and I said, you know, one of the mistakes I think Buffalo made was uh, was acting like the pressure was on the Chiefs, that the Chiefs were the ones with all the pressure because they've never gone on the road. And they got to come here. they got to come here. Like Deion Dawkins, good luck. you got to come here to this uh, stadium as loud as this crowd's going to be. And I think one of the mistakes that the Ravens made was thinking that they were going to be the bullies um, on the uh, on the blacktop. And they were going up against the king of the mountain, and they thought they were just going to bully him around. And, uh, you know, it's, it's back-to-back weeks where a team thought that they had some sort of an advantage over the defending champion, and that advantage sort of being between the ears of a team that this was the sixth time they'd be playing in this game six years in a row. Um, and I don't think San Francisco will make the same mistake, but I just find it fascinating that Buffalo took that approach, and Baltimore said, before the game, during the game, uh, John Harbaugh, we're going to make sure Patrick Mahomes feels us when we're hitting him. Like, the whole talk was we were going to push them around and be more physical and let them know that the Ravens are here. 
Yeah, and that physicalness turned into dumbness, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all these dumb penalties Baltimore got. I mean, just insane stuff. Um, you know, how they were trying to prove. I don't know what they thought they were trying to prove there, but it, it turned from, you know, being physical before the whistle to being dumb afterwards. And, and uh, I mean, they, they clearly, to me, were feeling the pressure as the game went on that they weren't, they were behind. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. The talk in Buffalo leading up to the game and the talk in Baltimore leading up to the game were very similar. I got into both places early enough where I was able to uh, um, listen to some of the local talk shows, you know, uh, uh, Saturday before, uh, Mm -hmm. the day before the game, and then also uh, Sunday leading up to the game. And, you know, just going out the day before and talking with some of the locals and hearing what they were talking about. You know, it was like, hey, this is a legacy game for us. Both teams, Buffalo and and Baltimore, were saying that. And and to to me, it was just the opposite for the Chiefs. There was no legacy involved at all. It was, um, you know, they they felt like they were free, um, you know, going on the road and being underdogs. I mean, it was almost like the Chiefs felt like they were playing with house money. Clearly, the Bills and the Ravens didn't feel that way. And and, uh, I think both teams, to some extent, particularly maybe Baltimore, just kind of buckled under that pressure they just couldn't handle it and uh um you know to me that's something to consider with that that group going forward is i I'm, you know i'm not saying they can never handle a situation like that but boy they they just really were disappointing in the way they responded when things started going bad i mean uh it, it was really uh they really cost themselves with the dumb penalties i mean it's just uh they, they just couldn't help themselves though yeah, the uh, it seemed like coaches did the same thing with with Todd Munkin that um, a ten point game yeah. and they're like, yeah, we don't need to run the ball. Um, they're not running the ball on first down. They're not doing. It was uh, we're down by ten. Oh my god, we got to get it back in one drive. Uh, mm-hmm. And credit the Chiefs' offense that had been bleeding the clock and things like that. Second half they hadn't been doing that. They were going three and out. But um, but it seemed like the uh, the coaches sort of did the same thing that um, offensively they just. Uh, they changed, and it was like, well, the Chiefs are bringing those guys at the line of scrimmage, and they're playing base, and I I, I mean, I guess we're just going to have to throw the ball, and Spags is like, yes, I'm dictating what you're doing. I've got Because the line that Spags used a number of years ago, I loved it, was who's got the chalk last? And in that game, it felt like Spags had the chalk last um, in, yeah. in the adjustments, and Todd Munkin was like, well, he's doing this, so I guess we'll do this. And Spags yeah, was like, cool. You remember we talked last week after the Buffalo game how the Chiefs until the fourth quarter never had the ball when they were tied or in the lead. It was they were always behind right. when they had the ball, and how remarkably efficient they were in handling that situation. That's that can be difficult. You know, you feel that pressure. Well, we got to score here because we're going to fall behind. And um, you know, Baltimore was in the same situation. They never had the ball the whole game. Um, with the lead and, uh, and and never had it really when it was uh, it, when it was tied. I mean, they they were always behind. And they they didn't handle it well at all. So, uh, and you're right about the Chiefs in the second half, not very productive. But you know what? They did enough offensively to where they helped the, the team win the game. You know, um, I, I feel like maybe the transition became complete on Sunday from the, for the Chiefs 
from an offensive team to a defensive team. You know, they were so complimentary, and, and the way they were able to run out that clock, particularly that that uh, pass to MVS at the end that, that allowed the Chiefs to clinch it and not give the ball back to Baltimore. I mean, that was uh, that, that was classic stuff. And, you know, Andy Reid talked about Mahomes taking a sack um, late in the game rather than, you know, doing something dumb with the ball. I mean, that, that's complimentary football. I mean, mm-hmm. they were playing to their strengths uh, the other day, which was a defense that was sort of strangling the Ravens and taking the ball away from them when they got in the red zone. So, uh, you know, it was um, – I, I feel like – that was sort of a, I don't know, maybe this is a little too hokey of a term, but, a, 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 you know, the, the what do you call that? The the, uh, oh, the term is, is, is escaping me, but it's it just sort of this was this, the, 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 the completion of the process here from what they were to what they are now. The culmination? And, and, yes, yes. And, and you know, the, the, the realization of that fact that, you know, we don't have to score, you know, 30, 40 points every week to win a game. We, it's okay to win a game this way. And we can, and more importantly, they can win a game this way. Yeah, it's funny. In the previous hour, we were talking about, like, the last two years, the evolution of this organization, you know, from, you know, losing that game against the Bengals and, you know, being the high-flying offense and trading Tyree Kill. And it was like, you know, good luck. You're not going to beat teams with these explosive plays. They're going to double trap. Kelsey exposed Patrick Mahomes. This offense is going to be different. The team's going to be different. Um, and and Tyreek makes so many things easy for the Chiefs and the running game and all of this other stuff. And uh, the Chiefs went with the uh, and became the number one offense in the league without those crazy explosive plays. Without saying any blade of grass they take the snap from, they can score a touchdown. They had some explosive plays, but not the way that they had when there was Tyreek Hill there. Uh, and and so they they go and win the Super Bowl by you know winning thirty eight thirty five. And this go around. They've proven, and you talked about that, that sort of completing that task and the no longer reliant on Mahomes to save them, the fewest points in Patrick Mahomes' playoff era that the Chiefs have given up in the playoffs was 13 to the Colts, the first game he's ever played in the playoffs. And the, the two of the last three weeks, they gave up 10 and 7. <laughs> I mean, they gave up 17 total points to two of the best offenses we've seen in a long time. The Ravens were the number one offense this year, and the Dolphins scored, you know, 70 points on the Broncos, and we're putting up all these crazy numbers and these stats, and those teams combined for 17 points, which was the same number of points that the Cleveland Browns scored against the Chiefs a couple of years ago, uh, which was the second fewest points that the uh, Chiefs defense had ever given up. Um, and, and so they've gone from the triumvirate of Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelly being the reason this team is winning games to winning two playoff games in which the opposing team scored a total of 17 points, uh, 10 and 7 against those offenses. It's just unbelievable what has happened over the last couple of years um, in, in becoming this team and accepting the evolution organizationally, and I think number 15 as well in the offense, because it's a great point you brought up that uh, Andy Reid said, that second down and six and the second to last possession when, uh, when Mahomes said, I'm just going to tuck it take the hit, take the sack, and keep the clock running, as opposed to, yep. I, I need to make something happen here. I've got to scramble. i got to get out of the pocket. No, uh, we're up by 10 points with five minutes to go. We're good. Yeah, and, and I think this was a milepost in that regard. You know, the, the Chiefs were winning games this way earlier in the season, as we mm-hmm. know, but I, I don't think they were willingly winning these kind of games. <laughs> it was point. an un- uncomfortable thing. I yeah. think was, they were uncomfortable winning in Jacksonville 17-9, to you know, or winning against the Jets after they were up 17 nothing, and then throwing a couple, Mahomes throwing a couple picks when he says, he, he said after the game, I got greedy um, and, and letting the Jets back in the game. Um, you know, this was 
was a, a game where the Chiefs said we're gonna we're okay playing this way. We can this is a, this is a good way for this team to win, and we're gonna we're gonna do it this way. And and so I mean, just I just feel like this completed the process that that this is kind of this was a a, a, the, 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 a clear sign to me that they're accepting the new reality or at least this year's reality. Um, I don't know if it'll be like this next year or whatever, but um, certainly for now, at least, this is kind of the way they have to win games. They play to their strengths, and they they did it without a doubt um, in Baltimore. When the book, if they win, uh, you know, twelve days from now, and the book is written about this uh, season, um, is the chapter turning point about the Raiders? Is it that Raiders Christmas Day? Was that the the point that you know everything sort of changed for this team? We heard Brett Veach allude to it. Um, that that uh, coming out of that game was sort of a um, maybe we aren't just a tick off, right? Oh, we're so close. We're just right there. We're just uh, we're so close to, to everything clicking. That after that Raiders game, maybe it was look in the mirror and go, maybe we aren't that close. Maybe stop just um, saying it's gonna, we're going to figure it out, we're going to figure it out, we're going to figure it out. Let's look in the mirror and actually figure it out. Uh, it, was that the turning point in the season, that uh, that loss, that embarrassing loss on Christmas Day to the Raiders? Yeah, I, I don't think it's cliche to say that um, you know they, they, it was a wake-up call. I, I don't think that's wrong or anything like that. I think it, it was, and I liked how Andy Reid put it. You know, he talked about that Raiders game yesterday. Yesterday, and he yeah. Said, you know, they, 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 yeah. You know, he said, "Hey, they came in with great energy, and we didn't." And so, I think that everybody sort of realized, okay, if they're going to make something of this season, they can't just show up for games mm-hmm. and say we're the Chiefs, we're going to score forty, and it's going to be easy for us, and good luck with that. I think they, they realized at that point, okay, if we're going to make something for this season, we're going to have to work for it. And it, it might take a different path. And, um, you know, ever since then, it's, it's, it has. It's been a different team, and particularly in the playoffs. You know, uh, they have not put three games back-to-back-to-back to back to back like this all season long. And they've had some good moments and some good games, but not three back-to-back back against mm-hmm. playoff quality team so uh yeah it definitely is a different deal now yeah he said uh we had to step things up it won't fall in our lap um Mm -hmm. yeah essentially just we can't just walk out there and say well we're the chiefs and you're going to lose to us Mm -hmm. uh no you got to step it up and you gotta you know sometimes when you get to the mountaintop you forget how hard it was to get there and you think sort of just oh we'll just go through the motions and we'll do that we'll get there again and even for a team that had played five straight AFC championship games and gone to three Super Bowls and was the reigning Super Bowl champion, I think there might have been a little bit of that of just like, no, it'll be fine. We'll, we'll get this thing rolling and uh, figure yep. it out eventually as opposed to, hey, guys, it ain't working. Let's, uh, let, let's do yep. something about that. we got to dig in and turn everything up because the, the, the yep. runway is, is right there and we're about to run off the runway and not get this thing <laughs> off the ground. Yeah, yeah, and Travis Kelsey was, was, I thought, right on point after the game. He said, uh, hey, it's nice to know that the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, boy, it, it took some work for us to get yeah. here. We really, his term was, we really had to circle the wagons. And um, I don't know that the Chiefs are used to. I, I, I don't think they are used to circling the wagons to get where they want to go. You know, they're, they've, just, they've just sort of always been there. And now this year they they weren't and uh, had to figure out a different way and you know credit to them that they did. Uh, Adam Teich is our guest, presented by Twin Peaks, ESPN's uh, Chiefs Insider. 
I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. Uh, you've, uh, we've, we've all watched every single game of the Chiefs uh, since, you know, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and everything. Uh, so I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. In a career that is defined by career games and, a, and the man that has passed Jerry Rice in receptions in the postseason – uh, a, a man whose uh, touchdowns are, are getting there, and a man, uh, the, the Mahomes and Kelsey, and a man who has the most 100-yard receiving games in the postseason, tied with Jerry Rice with eight. Again, prefacing it with, I'm, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, so I'll just yeah. ask you, was this Kelsey's best game? Well, you know, it's funny. I've been I've been thinking about that, and um, since the you know that game ended, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I don't think you are being a prisoner of the moment to say, yes, it is. I mean, he's had games with better numbers. We know that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so in that regard, no, it's not. But if you look at the totality of things, how much they needed him, you know, the stakes of the game, how the game was being played, I don't know how you can look at what he did and say otherwise. I mean, he didn't just catch that great, make that great catch on that sort of back shoulder throw on the first touchdown of the game. He didn't make just that little diving catch that allowed the, uh, the, the second touchdown drive to continue. He didn't make that leaping catch on fourth down to, yeah. to set up that first touchdown. I mean, he did all of these things and they needed every bit of Travis Kelsey. And, you know, I've talked, we talked about this a little bit too, Jason, but, I don't think most people understand what a factor he is in the Chiefs' locker room. I mean, Mahomes is the guy everybody listens to because of who he is. McKelsey is the guy who everybody listens to because of his message and the energy he brings. And when he leaves, um, when it, whatever it is that he's done, it's going to leave a void for the Chiefs, not just on the field. That's the part everybody sees. It's the energy the rest of the year and during the practice week and in the games that everybody that, – that's going to be maybe a bigger void to me. And you put it, and he he was you know in the middle of all that stuff with Justin Tucker as we saw, and you know he was they were really on him. I was down in the field before the game when the Chiefs came on the out in the in the uh, uh, sort of warm ups that he was on the, he, the the Raven fans were all over him and he was like motioning at him like bring it on you mm-hmm. know he he wanted all that stuff and 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 uh, you know, to see that if you're a teammate you know to see that and see a guy clearly not intimidated by the the situation. How, how big is that? So, you know, and then you throw in the fact it was on the road. I mean, it wasn't, a, you know, in the comforts of home. It was, uh, you know, there was some some uh, adversity in that respect there. I, I do think it was the greatest game uh, of his career and uh, just a truly remarkable week for him. You know, I, I just remember him saying Friday he wanted this one more than he's ever wanted one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, he, was, he was a different guy this week. He really was. He, this wasn't just your garden variety, Travis Kelsey. This was a different guy. This was Travis Kelsey up a level or two. Um, dime store psychologist. Uh, again, I like to play that from time to time um, and admitting that with, it's... With, uh, with, with varying success, by the way. Right, the varying successes and like, probably none. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I wonder, you know, like this game and wanting one more than I've ever wanted one in my life. Yep. It is not. I know, the, where I know where you're going with this. Yeah, it's not the same as like, hey, my kids get to finally see me play, 
But it's like, you know, now I'm in this relationship that the world is watching and paying a little bit more closer attention to me, and I'm not playing my best football. They're not seeing Travis Kelsey, the GOAT. And on the biggest stage, playing like that and wanting to go to the Super Bowl and prove how great of a player he still is, uh, a year in which he didn't get to 1,000 yards receiving. And, and I put a little weight in that because after the game was over, Adam, the video that caught Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey's interaction – and um, Travis is, you know, jovial, and, you know, he goes from Taylor to hugging Jason and joking, like, did you keep your shirt on today, <laughs> you know, uh, big guy? And he's like, yeah, for the most part, right, and whatever he said. And they were, and and uh, and Jason hugs him, and he's, like, uh, you know, talking to him, and he goes, I know it hasn't been easy. I know it's been a tough year. And Kelsey cracks and just starts crying. And and to me, I think that's sort of the culmination of what this year has been and whatever's been going on off the field, how he's been trying to deal with that. Games where he has three receptions and 30 yards and no touchdowns, dropping the ball, Chiefs offense struggling, all of that stuff, um, I think sort of culminating in this game and in that performance and wanting it this year the way that he did. Uh, I think the emotion sort of broke at that point when he's like, uh, brother, I know it hasn't been easy. I know it's been a tough year and just tears you know from travis well i think he finally succeeded as a dime store psychologist that's you know i sort of took it as maybe he's thinking this is his last go-around you know and this is his last chance and this is going to be his last afc championship game Mm -hmm. and and if they lost no more super bowls now i don't know that i mean he was pretty emphatic recently talking about coming back and playing next year so um, you know, I'll take him at his word, but um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of truth in what he's say, what you're saying about him. Um, you know, he's talked a lot this year about there's more eyes on him now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he he's brought that on himself willingly, but there's more eyes on him and more pressure, and he hasn't necessarily felt like he's handled it all the time very well, and he hasn't shown these additional fans or these additional people watching him who he really is a lot of the time, you know, since you know, he had that remarkable stretch of three games earlier in the season, it's, it's been sort of a kind of a, a, a watered down version of Travis Kelsey, but uh, clearly that wasn't the case on uh, Sunday. And, and to uh, answer your question, yes, I think that was the best Travis Kelsey yeah. that, 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 the Chiefs have ever seen. I think that one more and then we'll uh, take a break and come back and talk about a few other things leading into the Super Bowl. But um, I think it can get glossed over because it happened early in the game. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I picked the Ravens to win on Friday um, with a, uh, a confidence rate of uh, 51% <laughs> to win by two. Uh, that I thought it would be a back and forth game. Um, but, you know, I, I talked about this yesterday that that fourth and two. When they do the sprint right, which they've done plenty of times, and the last read on that is the backside with Travis Kelsey coming across, and he was kind of just jogging and going through the motions a little bit until he saw Mahomes look back, and then he turned it on. But that rope from Mahomes to that spot, and then Kelsey jumping up and grabbing the ball, um, and didn't double catch it, didn't do just snatch the ball as if the confidence of Travis Kelsey over the years, and he caught that. One going for it, two Mahomes making that throw, three Travis Kelsey catching it. Um, all At that point, I'm like, oh, this is going to be different. Oh, this uh, this yeah. this is going to be a different game. This uh, this ain't the this is a this is a locked in Chiefs. This is a locked in Travis Kelsey. This might be a different game. Uh, I feel much more confident now about uh, the Chiefs winning this game than I did going into it. Um, and I think that that play can get glossed over because I think there are times when Andy Reid might have gone. You know what? We just forced them a three and out, 
And we were at our own 13-yard line. We have flipped the field. We're at the 42. We'll pin them down inside the five-yard line, have our defense go back out there. We'll get the ball back here around midfield and, and keep playing. And he said, no, we're going for it on fourth down and two. And his players made plays and came up with it and proved them right. Yeah. You know, it's funny that, that kind of leaping catch he made. Um, uh, we were in the um, – in the uh, we were at the stadium last week. It was me and Blair Kirkoff and Nate Taylor, and, and the NFL Network was on TV while we were working. And it was they were showing that uh, I guess it was 2018 game between the Chiefs and the Ravens. And there was a play where Kelsey made a similar kind of leaping catch. You know, and again this was five years ago. And so we're all sitting there looking at each other, going, "Could Kelsey make that?" We're wondering aloud, "Could Kelsey make yeah. that kind of play now?" You know, at 34 years old and a first drive of the game, yeah. there it was. You know, and and uh, so yes, the answer to that is yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, Travis Kelsey might not be as good every week um, as he was back then, but he was certainly good enough, plenty good enough last week, and I, I feel like he'll find a way to be that good enough. Uh, be good enough on um, on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to butcher the line of the song, but it was like, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as uh, I'll ever as be. As I ever was. As yeah. I ever was. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. That, that. That's Travis Kelsey's song right now, you yeah, know? Absolutely. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. We'll continue singing the praises of the Chiefs with Adam Teicher, presented by Twin Peaks. He is from ESPN Chiefs Insider. We'll look ahead to the uh, 49ers a little bit and talk about some things that aren't as fun news with the Chiefs uh, as uh, they go to their fourth Super Bowl in five years. More zone rolling along next. <laughs> All right, hanging out here on this Tuesday edition of The Zone, hanging out with Adam Teicher. He is from ESPN, Chiefs Insider, presented by Twin Peaks. All right, Adam, let's talk about some not-so-great stuff. Um, Sunday morning, we wake up getting ready for the AFC Championship game, and uh, Kadarius Tony woke up uh, choosing violence, apparently, um, on his uh, IG Live. What do you make of that? Um, you uh, asked the question to Andy Reid yesterday. I'm glad somebody did um, about uh, Kadarius Tony. He hadn't seen it. He'd heard about it, um, you know. Uh, he the the injury is not made up you know that's uh, that that's true but uh, what do you make of what's going on with Kadarius Tony and do we ever see him in a Chiefs uniform again? Yeah, what a weird situation and uh, you know the thing to me that is notable is this is exactly how it ended for him with the Giants um, yep. you know, with with them claiming he was injured and him claiming he wasn't. And the Giants saying goodbye, you know, just we don't want to deal with this anymore. And so, uh, yeah, it's, um, it is it is kind of a weird situation. And um, I, to answer your question, I don't think he ever does play for the Chiefs again. I don't know how you can count on him if, if you're the Chiefs anymore. And I, if I'm the Chiefs, I make him earn every snap he gets from here on out. Um, it, there's got to be competition for him for that it, it, as that gadget-type guy next year. 
Um, he, he, you know, he had that great Super Bowl last year, and mm-hmm. so that justified to me that justified the trade. Agreed. It was worth it was worth a third round and a sixth round pick. It was, but now you're getting diminishing returns, and now you're 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 diminishing that gain by continuing to have him on the team. So there has to, I I, I can't have if I'm Andy Reid, I can't have him even at practice this week without him looking me in the eye and telling me he's going to shut his mouth, he's going to apologize, other than to apologize for what he said and he's going to work his butt off on the practice field if he doesn't agree to any of that all of that then i'm saying well you know what we'll just see you down the road you know we'll we'll tell you to stay away for now and then we'll deal with you at some point during the offseason all year long when his mistakes have happened the the two most famous football players in the world have had his back and have uh, mm-hmm. come to his defense, and mm-hmm. uh, Travis Kelsey. I'm gonna, re- I'm, I'm gonna, uh, you know, uh, trust one nine every time. Every time I'm gonna th- throw any time the ball's in the air, I'll trust uh, uh, KT Joker to go and get that. Patrick Mahomes, same thing. Oh yeah, we we trust him, and uh, those guys publicly have had his back and had his back and had his back. And the IG live was so dumb in that he was essentially saying. They're saying I have an injury to not play me. Instead of just putting on an injury report, he sucks ass, and that's why we won't play him because he's not any good. Like you're you're admitting that the Chiefs are trying to do you a favor by saying you're injured, yeah. and they're also still going out of their way to protect you, uh, and and that becomes like an issue for you. But the great point that this is the second time he's done this. Um, and eventually, the the mirror will have to talk back to him. At, at you know, one day, I, I think yeah. probably. Well, yeah, I you know, it, it, it almost always does, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I just don't know what the motivation is for the Chiefs to lie about an injury. If you don't want to play him, you don't have to. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have a reason. You can say, nope, you're not good enough. We're going to sit yeah. you down. Right. You know, and there's there's no there's no um, rule against that. I mean, that, that's done all the time. There's seven guys who don't dress for every game for the Chiefs. Some of them. Um, are injured, and the other ones, the Chiefs have said, no, you really can't help us this weekend. We're going to uh, go without you. So they don't have to uh, play him. There's no rule that says they have to list him. So I don't know what the motivation is for the Chiefs to do that. You know, would it make him more attractive um, in a trade? Uh, If people think, other teams think, well, he's really hurt. It's not like the Chiefs are disgusted with the guy. It's that he's really hurt. No, who's buying that at this point? I know I... um, Kadarius Tony is worn out as welcome with two teams now, and uh, so I, I think anybody who would be interested in trading for him, if there is a team at this point, wouldn't uh, is not buying that. Yeah, if um, if somebody trades for him, it'll be the baseball version of player to be named later uh, for mm-hmm. cash considerations. Um, <laughs> if, if somebody were to trade for Kadarius Tony, yeah, the Chiefs will take a, a seventh round pick and send their seventh round pick along with Kadarius Tony. You know, up, it'll be one of those deals. Move up one spot, <laughs> the yeah, round. or maybe or maybe move back. Maybe move back. <laughs> yeah, just uh, you know, we'll slide back for uh, four spots and uh, trade <laughs> Kadarius Tony. That's great. That, that's perfectly fine. Take that off her hands. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Adam Teich was our guest. Not great news yesterday afternoon, Adam. Um, you know, Charles who on the field uh, said, you know, I'm playing. I'm playing in the Super Bowl. Do I look like somebody who's not going to play in the Super Bowl? 
Um, and um, he unfortunately does look like somebody who's not going to play in the Super Bowl. The news comes out, torn ACL for Charles Aminihu. Uh, what's the impact for this Chiefs team going up against the 49ers not having um, Aminihu, who has played some really good football the last couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's huge. And it's not just that the Chiefs are losing a very good player. Now they're, you know, we combined with a Derek Nottie injury, now the Chiefs mm-hmm. are getting pretty thin on the defensive line. You know, I, I count five guys that it's clear the Chiefs are comfortable playing um, on their defensive line. Chris Jones, Carl Loftus, Mike Dana, Malik Herring, Tershawn Wharton. And then there's Felix, which the Chiefs, uh, you know, obviously aren't real comfortable with, given that he hasn't really dressed, he hasn't dressed the last couple of weeks. So he's going to have to play on Sunday now. Felix is, and uh, um, he doesn't have to play a lot, but he's going to have to play, and he's going to have, he can't be a pushover. I mean, he's going to mm-hmm. have to uh, play, you know, hold up his, his end here. And so, you know, the Chiefs, like all teams, like to rotate their defensive line through, and, and, and now this really limits their ability to rotate quality players, high-quality players through there. You know, when, when they had Nadi and when they had Omenihue, they could do that successfully. But now um, their, their depth is really going to be tested, and the 49ers know this. They'll, they'll, they'll make sure to test it. So, um, yeah, it's not, so again, not that the Chiefs don't only lose a good player in Omenihue, but they lose that rotation that they and every other team like. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And, and we'll talk more about the uh, matchup with the 49ers next week when we have you on and uh, talk about, um, you know, the week's worth leading up and what some of those things are. Uh, Adam Teicher, actually, you know what? I skipped over something earlier and I really wanted to get your thoughts on, so I apologize. But uh, you're at so many of these games and you see the warm-ups. Have you seen anything like the Justin Tucker and uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey interaction that was there uh, before the game that um, at first people thought was playful, but now we've heard from <laughs> Justin Tucker that was not playful. They were pissed. Um, no. They were no. uh, maybe it was gamesmanship, but uh, they were not happy. Have you seen? Have you ever seen something like that where the kicker's right there in the warmups of the other team? You know, I don't recall seeing that. So, no, I, I don't. Uh, you know, and I don't know what he was thinking there. That You know, the, in pregame warm-ups, particularly well before the game starts, each team kind of has their half of the field. And, and so you don't really see him mixing or interacting at all. And that was just weird. And, I, you know, yeah, when I saw the Mahomes stuff, I did not think they were joking. But then I saw the Kelsey stuff, hmm. and that wasn't clearly wasn't joking. You know, he clearly had a purpose there. So, uh, yeah, it was it was just kind of weird. And I can't recall seeing anything like that, but um, I, it's entirely possible I have. Yeah. Uh, Adam Tyson for, <laughs> for me. I've never seen the video of Butker in the other team's uh, warm-ups yep. um, or anything yep. like that. Yep. So that's what I tweeted yep. out. I'm like, looking for the video of Butker in the middle of the Lamar Jackson uh, and Ravens offense warm-ups. Uh, not there, so I don't know. Uh, Adam Teicher from ESPN, our Chiefs Insider, presented by Twin Peaks. Adam, great stuff. Really appreciate the time. As always, safe travels to Vegas. We will talk next week. Looking forward to uh, more of a breakdown as uh, we'll hear some uh, some more stuff from the Chiefs and uh, look ahead to uh, this uh, this matchup with the 49ers in the fourth Super Bowl in five years. Old hat, Adam, just uh, getting used to the, uh, the regular uh, uh, Super Bowl week and leading up to it. Thank you, sir, as always. Appreciate it, brother. You bet, Jason. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. There's Adam Teicher from ESPN. He's presented by Twin Peaks. Step up your lunch game at Twin Peaks. Enjoy light yet hearty combos put together for you, available at an awesome price, featuring savory soups, crisp salads, and a variety of sandwiches to satisfy your every craving. Enjoy your next lunch break with Twin Peaks. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. More Zone right after this.
Thank you, Adam Teicher from ESPN joining us. Let's play the uh, Justin Tucker explanation. Um, he at his uh, locker explaining the um, pregame interaction that he had with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Here is uh, the Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker, on um, the uh, what, what happened before the game. I've been doing the exact same thing for 12 years. Never really had a problem with anybody. Yeah, that's just that's just kind of the way, the way we've always done it, and the way uh, kickers around the league have always done it. Um, you know, when I, I saw Patrick there trying to warm up and get some drop back, so uh, he asked me while I was on the ground stretching, like if I could move my helmet. So I happily got up and I moved my helmet out of the way. At least I thought it was enough out of the way. And then Travis comes over and he just kicks my stuff and he throws my helmet. And I just thought it was all just some gamesmanship. Um, you know, all in good fun, but they seem to be taken a little bit more seriously, and uh, I'm I'm totally willing to let it all go. But yeah, I just wanted to explain that that's just you know what I've done for 12 years, and it's it's not like I'm out there trying to be problematic. I'm just trying to get ready for the football game, just like they are. It's weird that um, Kelsey and Mahomes were taken a little more serious than he was in warming up before the conference championship game. That is my favorite part of that clip. Seems like they were taking it more serious than I was about um, me being involved in their warm-up. Like, I thought they were just joking around before the conference championship game of wanting to warm up and being serious and already getting locked in for the game. I was just stretching my groin out. I had the ball teed up at the uh, goal line because that's typically where I kick field goals from. I've done that every single time. Really? Have you? I'm desperate for one piece of evidence of Justin Tucker kicking kicks from the goal line. Ever. Ever before Sunday, I've I, I did a quick scroll through a, a, <laughs> a photo library that I have access to just for Justin Tucker warm. I found lots of pictures of Justin Tucker warming up. None oh. of them kicking from the goal line. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that interaction that he was surprised that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey were taking that a little bit more serious than I thought. I thought they were just, just they were taking it more. I thought we were just joking around. We were just having fun. A little uh, hubba blah blah oh jabs to the uh, stomach. I <laughs> got you, little buddy. <laughs> Hope tripped you. <laughs> Hope, look at my hand. Boop, back of the head. Got you. Oh, no, neat. Uh, we're just uh, playing a little grab ass before the uh, conference championship game. And listen, I mean, we're being a little homerish here in Kansas City. I think it's only fair that the Ravens did the same thing when Harrison Bucker was kicking from the goal line on the other side of the field where the Ravens were warming up. <laughs> Sorry, like... what? He didn't do that? Yeah. Oh. Okay, I guess that's why it didn't happen then. I just love the uh, like the NFL players like going back to like Lawrence Tynes. It's a mutually shared field. And other NFL players going, it's not a mutually shared field. <laughs> All right? I have never seen that happen before. And sorry. Warm up from the other hash. Well, yeah, and that... Why, why do you have to be on that specific hash? Go to the other hash if you want to kick from the goal line. You Matt, know, Matt Derrick talked about it a tiny bit on 41 is the Mic with Nick Jacobs. We can talk oh, to him about it on Friday. Never heard of it. Uh, it's a nice little show they do there. Cool. Um, it's like I'll a play it. on calling out the Mike linebacker, but also it's the microphone and it's the channel oh, of the station number, at 41. Number 41 is the mic. I guess That's now. what it is. It's number 41. So, uh, is there a 41 on the practice squad or anything? 41 for the Baltimore Ravens? I, I mean, uh, Winchesterton Fieldville is number 41. Is Winchester 41? Yeah, but I was... Is he really? I thought it was 40-something. Yeah, I wish his first name was Mike. That would be better. Anyway. Mike Winchester, 41 is the Mike. Where was I going on that? Something about the way Matt said. Uh, oh, Matt's there really early for warm-ups all the time. Uh-huh. Just look, kickers have like two phases of this. There's the time when you do go out there, the kickers go out early so they can just, you know, 
kick on both sides of the field. Makes sense. Check the wind. Check sure. their range. All of those things. Then everybody goes in. They, the kickers get their pads on. Other The teams then come out. And then you kind of keep to your half, generally speaking, so you're not running your warm-ups through the other team's warm-ups. You know, Justin Tucker, maybe, maybe uh, he's Justin Tucker in Baltimore. It feels like he's got the keys to the bank. I don't know if it's like I can do whatever I want because I'm Justin Tucker. I thought it was odd. Maybe he that, does do that at home. I don't know. No one else ever has. I thought it was, yeah, he he actually warms up while his uh, you know in the kitchen when you know family members are over and they're trying to cook <laughs> a big dinner and he's just sitting there stretching doing lunges. Oh, oh, what's that? You got the uh, oh trying to get this pot right there. Yeah, take oh, this just, pot. And just, uh, uh, sorry, am I right in front of the fridge? Oh, you wanted to get lunch um, there, past you. I do this every night at six thirty. Oh, I am I, in front of the fridge oh, doing my you lunges. Seem, you seem pretty mad that Oof. I just threw the Thanksgiving oh. turkey across the, the kitchen. I was just having fun here on Thanksgiving. Why are you pushing me out of the way? I mean, that's, I, I do my lunges all the time right here. I'm just stretching out my groin, getting ready for a little uh, family dinner. Almost there, but a better one is at the gym. If you're using the bench press and the guy's using the bench for the bench press to do your lunges, you were talking about the guys. The guys laying down doing the bench press, yeah, and you just step over him. Oh, I'm just doing a little. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you getting mad at me for, there, guy doing the bench press? I do my lunges on this bench all the time, every day. It's not my fault. You're sitting here doing an actual bench press. Yes, this is awkward with me sitting right over you, lunging. Lunging on you. What are you, rep eight? You need a spotter? I'm here. I got you. I can spot you if you need. I do this all the time. Now, the... You're actually in the wrong, sir. This is like really exaggerating. This is my home, gym. This this is my is, home gym. This is really exaggerating things. Like, just try to imagine now in that scenario that the guy doing the bench press is just, I don't know, like some hulking figure like Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and then the guy lunging is, I don't know, a kicker! <laughs> I'm not saying Justin Tucker should have let the Chiefs bully him out of what his actual warm-up routine is, but if your actual warm-up routine includes setting the ball up on the goal line, what are you practicing? <laughs> Unless he was kicking the other direction and was attempting a 100-yard field goal, which I would respect. Would have been a 110-yard field goal. I guess you're right. It would have been. Yeah. Wow, you're right. Would have been a record. Wow, I think it would have been. Mevis can kick a 100-yard field goal. I mean, Definitely. Tucker, 110. Then you're doing something. Come on, man. What's Mevis' nickname again? He's the uh, thicker kicker. You think we can come up with one for Tucker? Dicker the kicker has been taken, unfortunately. Are you thinking of changing the T? I'm just, no, I'm just, I love rhymes, and I just feel like if there was a fun nickname for Justin Tucker to be Justin the something, that'd be good. I guess if Justin doesn't work, maybe we could go Tucker the, I don't know, man, I'll keep working on it. Tucker the Lunger. Hey, that's exactly it.